The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go and that come at us to come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back Maybe we were all way too high Maybe that's our fault It's gonna be a crazy time But it's gonna be a fun time Life is boring if you don't take some chances And do some things outside the box Your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice And some fantasy football advice All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, boys and girls from around the world. We are keeping it moving here on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast throughout the offseason. Tonight is our Dynasty edition of the podcast. You only get one of these per summer, so enjoy it while it is here. I'm Seth Woolcock, joined by the man, the myth, the legend. He's a chef, he's a realtor, he's a fantasy football analyst. Nathan Polvo. What's up, Nathan? So technically, I'm not a realtor because I don't pay to be a part of an association of realtors. So I just have to get that clear so I don't get sued. But you just, do sell so just houses. put it out. You do sell houses then. Yeah, I'm a real estate agent. I'm just not part of an association that charges way too much money for absolutely nothing. Other than, that, I, other than that, I'm great. I mean, Shane's here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty stoked to see Shane. Absolutely. We got Shane back on the show. Um, we also have our guy, Scott Reinier. You know him, holding it down there out in Seattle. Scott is a father. He's a construction manager by day. He's with Fantasy Data as well. And then he holds it down here on the IBT podcast every other episode. What's up, Scotty? I'm good, man. Nothing to clarify that you said about me. That's all accurate. (laughs) Um, No... No, no worries about any lawsuits. Things are th- th- things are good. Um, I, I got over the 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 Rona, the COVID I had last week. I'm feel got my energy back, and so that's great. And it seems to have left our household. Woo! So that's good. Um, and oh, summer su- summer's about to start for the kids, so that's exciting. Awesome, awesome. Well, we might not have any lawsuits from Scott, but with Shane on, we might get some lawsuits from some viewers tonight. (laughs) Guys, let's give it up for one of my favorite people in the industry, someone who helped me find my footing in this industry. Shane is the worst. Shane Manila. Shane, you are best known, I think, for your podcast, Dynasty Trades HQ, um, Dynasty Trades in 5 as well over on the YouTube, DLF. You're with Fantasy Data as well. Shane, what's up, man? How you been lately? Uh, pretty awesome. Pretty good. No complaints over here. Um, I actually have been part of a lawsuit in the past, um, named as a plaintiff, but I was indemnified because it was through work. So we won't talk about that now, but it's all good. I haven't been sued in a long time. So let's try to keep that streak going. Like I got the little chalkboard, have not been sued in 349 (laughs) days. Yeah. I'd like that streak. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Let's keep it moving here on the folks or on the podcast, folks. We got Brad Bolt in the house. What's up, Brad? We also got our guy Dale DeMont, Eat Sleep Fantasy in the house. What's up, Dale? Appreciate everyone tuning in tonight on the YouTube. Guys, we are absolutely, absolutely jam-packed loaded tonight on the pod. We're going to talk a little dynasty strategies with Shane. 
He's going to uh, grade some of the recent trades in some of our leagues, um, some listener trades as well that we got out there from the audience. Um, and then we're going to take things our way. We're going to talk a little bit um, just about what's going on around the league, man. I mean, this really is the quiet time. There's not much noise in the NFL, but there is some things happening. So we want to start with Terry McLaurin, guys. It is holdout season for Terry Jet McLaurin. Shane, is this news to you at all? Do you think there's any any news to this unhappiness with Terry wanting that new contract extension? No, I think I think uh, Ron Rivera came out today, said uh, there's nothing to see here. We're going to get a contract done. Um, he's the wide receiver one there. He, you can't go into a season with Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel, who's probably injured right now. <laughs> and uh, Antonio Gandy Golden, although I think he moved to tight end. So, yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to get that deal done. It's just, you know, everybody's playing chicken right now. And you have to, because if you don't act like you're going to hold out or at least give the impression that you might do something, then the team's not going to take care of you because, well, let's face it, they don't want to have to pay you anything. Yeah, and it's Washington, folks. We don't know what's going down there in Washington. With they got the new stadium issue going on right now. Uh, don't want to go to Virginia, and then they got you know the whole Dan Snyder issue as well. So just kind of a shit show for Washington. Nate, any thoughts on that? Or we we also have Hunter Renfro with a new extension as well here in the last couple of days. Uh, two years, thirty-two millions. Kind of not the best deal, I don't think, for Hunter Renfro. I think he could have got more. Look, dude, if I was a white guy playing wide receiver in the NFL and you offered me $16 million a season, I am taking that immediately because I am slow. I, I, I like it for Hunter Renfro. I think people are overreacting to Devontae Adams landing in Vegas yes. and how it's going to impact Renfro. There's going to be plenty to go around here. And if I was Terry McLaurin and you just signed Carson Wentz to be my quarterback, I would hold out as well. I get it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I like Carson Wentz for him because Carson Wentz is gonna he's gonna hyper target him. I think. I think. I, yeah, but we're talking like how many catchable balls? Well, that's a different thing. I mean, Wentz is know. the best quarterback he'll have had, which is that is true. Sad. That is true. It's sad, but it's true. Yeah. Like Alex so. Smith. Alex Smith was decent at one. Well, point. that's yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So let's move on from Terry McLaurin here, Scott. The only other, I think, relevant news here is Michael Thomas. He's not participating in mini camps right now. His ADP has been dropping on underdog. I've been looking about every week. He's kind of in that ADP change that comes out. Are you guys concerned at all with Michael Thomas? Because I'm staying as far away from him as I can. I actually just moved him in a couple dynasty leagues within the last couple weeks. Scott, are you concerned as well? Yeah, I mean, I'm concerned. I don't know how you how you wouldn't be concerned. Um I mean, there's multiple things going on here. There's this there's this weird injury that he waited to have surgery on. And it was just, I mean, I, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what's going on. Plus, there's just this bad blood between him and the Saints. And so I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said I, you know, knew what was going to happen or think I know what's going to happen. But, you know, it's just too many red flags for me mm -hmm. um, to, you know, if I don't, it, to, to actively go after him. If I have him, yeah, I'm probably trying to move him, but I I don't think it's the right time to try and move him. I think you wait till there's some sort of news that he's maybe playing or maybe some trade rumors start to, to spike again. And then you try and move him with that hype. But it's just kind of an ugly situation there for him. 
Shane, any thoughts on Michael Thomas here? I mean, we've been through this, what, ring around the rosy for, what, the past two seasons now? Yeah, I did I did that last year where I was like, no, you got to buy Michael Thomas because it's Michael Thomas, and then yeah. it's going to come back, and it's going to be fine. Yeah, I'm not – yeah, exactly. Slant Boy is a no-go for me. If someone wants to throw him in on a trade, fine. I'm not actively pursuing him in any way whatsoever. Um, no. No, I'm out. Yeah. Agreed here, guys. Uh I'm excited. I'm excited for what's to come down the road here in the fantasy football season. It's kind of a dull time right now. We got a little bit of news here in the last couple of weeks, but we'll see how it shakes out. Um, but before then, let's go ahead and jump into our first segment of the night where we talk about dynasty strategies um, that we prefer in headline hijinks. <laughs> All right, headline hijinks. Guys, this is where we like to put our little bit of fun spin, wordsmithing on some fancy football talk. So let's start out with dynasty strategies. Let's talk a little bit about what a dynasty league is, how we can approach this. Um, I mean, I think everyone probably knows what dynasty fantasy football is at this point. If you don't, please go read a definition because I'm not going to go over it for you here. Um, (laughs) But we don't talk a lot about it on the podcast. We don't talk a lot about it because we are a mainly redraft-focused podcast. But every single season, this format is getting more and more popular. Shane, what would you say your ratio is to leagues you play in that are dynasty-centric versus redraft at this point in your life? Oh, okay. So it's – let's see. There's the dynasty, and then there's – the charity leagues. So there's like five of those. Yeah. So it's like a 45 to five ratio. Um, <laughs> and not, and the only recurring uh, redraft leagues are their charity leagues. Like, honestly, I'm just in charity leagues. Yeah. Um, obviously the Scott fishbowl, not obviously I make it into the Scott fishbowl. So that's awesome. Um, obviously I'm not going to be like, Oh, this would be just redraft. I'm not playing this. Yeah. Um, and just for purposes of uh, charity leagues, like just redraft works better. So yeah, that's only, only ones I play in are charity. Um, but that's fine. Cause it gives me enough that I need to look into it enough. Cause I still yeah. want to win. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it lets me look at the smaller view. Uh, a little more than just the uh, big sized thousand thousand foot view. And what is it about dynasty fantasy football that that's really turned you on over the years? Um, I mean, it's the, so I'm old, right? I'm, I'm the same age as Nate ish. So we started Madden started with our generation, right? Yes. And, First, we played the game like it was like, oh, this is cool. I get to play football, right? Like we had Tecmo Bowl and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then you had Madden that took it to the next level. And it was like, hey, uh, you want to trade some stuff? Like, all right, that seems cool. You want to sign players? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. It's just that. It's the strategy of it, right? There's the ever, ever eternal hope. You can have a bad season. But you can go, all right, well, as long as I'm not totally bad at this, I can spin this and make this a, a, a good thing, even though it's a bad season. I can make this productive. As opposed to redraft, you're two and six. You're like, I am not setting lineups anymore. Right. Um, I mean, not that I would do that, but I have. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to set the lineup. What do I care about this team? Like, there's nothing. There's no reason. There's no commitment. It's literally like dating. Well, it's like being married without kids, right? There's a little bit of commitment, but you can still get away. 
dynasty is like being married with children. Like you're like, oh, okay, so there's actual like consequences to this divorce. I, see. <laughs> I think um, I think you had it right when you compared it to dating the first time, as opposed yeah. to being married. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, but dynasty just the strategy of it. It's ever evolving. You know what I mean? And sure, redraft is too, except that. I could probably use the same strategy I used five years ago in redraft and be okay. Um, Dynasty is always evolving and you're always looking for that next edge, which is, you know, and you're always trying to win at the margins. So if you're someone like me that has OCD, which seems to be most of the community, um, (laughs) you know, it just, it just, it feeds that and and you love it. Like, like I said, just, just the constant motion of it. There's always something going on, you know, even in June, uh, July, it's the dead season. I can go, you know what? Let me look at my rosters and see if anybody want to make, yeah. wants to make some moves with mm-hmm. me or like, you know what? Maybe for fun this summer, I'll just download all my rosters on a spreadsheet and look at every wide receiver that's over the age of 28 or 29 and go, all right, I need to trade every one of these guys and let me yeah. see if I can get it done. So Absolutely. just stuff like that. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that, man. The other part I think about dynasty leagues that really intrigues people is there really are so many ways to approach a startup draft in this format. We're going to talk about a couple of those right now. Um, Scott, I want to start with you, man. You've been playing dynasty for the last couple of years now. Um, What is your go-to favorite dynasty startup strategy here, man? Well, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't really have a go-to strategy. Um, I've, I've never, I mean, so my story is, Basically, last year, last offseason, I did my first ever startups. So I'm pretty new to Dynasty. Um, I'm in like five Dynasty leagues, and I think last year I was in 10 redraft. Again, most of those are charity. And I have two I have two like 10-plus-year-old home leagues um, with two different sets of friends, and those are redraft. So, you know, and I mean, your home league's always going to be up there in your priority, you know, regardless of what it is. But... Um, with Dynasty, I mean, I absolutely love the OCD nature of it and the year round, the year round nature of it. Um, I, I loved when the season was over; it wasn't over. You know what I mean? Like the Super Bowl happened, but the season wasn't over. That that's that was like that was when I just dug into like, all right, let's sift through what just happened and see what we can figure out. Um, I would say if I do have, um, I'm always, I've always just been like a, I don't set a strategy even, and maybe I'll learn because I'm still fairly new to Dynasty. Maybe, maybe I will start to develop some some more consistent strategies. But I've always just been a like, well, let's let's see what happens in front of me, and then let's let's figure it out from there. But I will say the one thing that probably still holds over with me in any draft in any format is I want my my little my little headline hijinks is one stud running back or I send it back. Um, I just am still in a mode where if I don't leave a draft with at least one just, you know, stud level running back, like I get antsy and nervous. I get mm-hmm. butterflies. I get the bad butterflies in my stomach. I'm like, oh, crap. I don't have a stud running back. So you Maybe. don't like zero RB then? Is that fair to say, Scott? Um, I've never. Here's, here's the deal. Zero RB. I've never tried it. Um, I think I don't necessarily think it's a bad strategy, um, but I've never tried it. And if I did. I would be nervous and I would need results to play out to alleviate that nervousness. Um, and again, I'll probably, I'll probably adjust from that. I've gotten better over the years about not necessarily having to have 10,000 running backs on my bench. Um, but that would probably be the only thing that's, that's super consistent. So, but so, okay. So you do zero RB because you have one stud running back and then a bunch of dudes. 
Is that is that kind of your running back strategy? Uh, yeah, for the most part, especially recently. What it's I guess anchor RB. You know, yeah. all the different terms mm-hmm. that are out there right now. Yeah, like the better the better the better RB one I have, the more I then just nowadays, like the last two three mm-hmm. years, the more I just churn on wide receivers and good value tight ends. You know, and then I'm much more comfortable with with my RB two being more of a more of a you know a little bit more of a crapshoot. And, and kind of building off that, Scott, a little bit, I, I'll say my, my favorite strategy that I've kind of started to approach is is more of that anchor RB. Um, all the leagues that, I, that I've won in the last couple of years, Dynasty, have gone with that type of strategy. A couple of years ago was, you know, taking Jonathan Taylor in the second or third round of a startup, his rookie season, before the big explosion. Um, another league I recently just won, only guy I had on there was DeAndre Swift. And, you know, I, I think the thing you can kind of find is, there's always going to be an RB that's going to get hot late in the season. I mean, I thought Devin Singletary was just a roster clogger all, all last year. And then he, you know, he got hot at the end of the year. He was till he wasn't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Sony Michelle, same type of thing. Rashad Penny, like those guys were league winners last year. And I think we'll continue to see that as the RB position continues to get watered down a little more um, each and every season with the amount of injuries that pile up. So I don't mind you know, t- taking an RB in my first three picks. And then after that, like just kind of throwing it to us to the side. Cause a lot of the times you look back at those, those RBs that you took early on in a couple, couple years and it looks atrocious. Um, I'm finishing up a league this year. Uh, we're in our fifth season, fifth and final season and looked back at the draft. Uh, I, t- I took Todd Gurley with the first overall pick of this dynasty draft back in the day. And Le'Veon Bell was the second overall pick in this. And it's just like, wow, sweet Jesus. Well, yeah, and at the same time, one thing, one aspect that has changed that for me too, I'll admit, is superflex. That's also something I hadn't done too much of until the last few years. Yeah, that has changed my my very. My, I think my second startup last year in the Moose Leagues, I went quarterback, and then I went um, AJ Brown, CD Lamb. So that whole thing I just said about always taking a stud RB, I guess that's not actually true. But superflex changes that for me. Um, now, so that gets into mine. I'm, I'm QB over everything. Like I'm so, so I'm to the point now, and this is something that I've started doing the last two seasons, last two off seasons where I'm going, all right, I'm going to trade you my second and my third round pick. And I want your first rounder. Um, now it's got to be in a very distinct area, like one Oh one through one Oh six, because I want one of the top five quarterbacks. Like, so what I want to do is have, two stud quarterbacks, I will figure out everything else. Like no problem. Um, you know, unfortunately last year, one of the things I, that I did do is um, I probably went a little risky with it and said, well, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a little safer version of that. Just making sure I get like Lamar and Kyler, like yeah. Josh and Justin, you know what I mean? Because then honestly, I'm starting out with such an advantage um, that I can survive uh, not having a second and a third round pick. Um, especially when it's going to be a wide receiver in that range, that's mm-hmm. going to be, I don't want to say replaceable, but they're very much similar. There's wide receivers that I can get. They're very much the same. I, I generally don't even look at running backs and startups until I, I don't even know, unless one's screaming value at me in like the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Like I generally am that guy that's always like, yeah, I can wait another round. Yeah, I can wait another round. I do that too, Shane, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait on a running back here, but I think for me, like, okay, Monica Geller from friends famously said, I'm breezy. 
that's what I, I kind of go into every draft that way, <clears throat> whether it's a rookie draft, it's a startup draft, it's redraft, doesn't matter because scoring settings matter and it's going to change how you draft and league mates matter. And depending on like, okay, so my home league, I know that there are four or five people who are going to take a defense and a kicker in the first 10 rounds. So I can kind of, I know that there's going to be more added value in some of those later rounds because people are making silly picks because they don't do the same things that we do. This is the only league they play in. I play off of that versus being in a league full of analysts where I know like, okay, if I want a good running back, knowing these scoring settings, I have to grab a running back in the first round, then I'll do it. It all depends on the situation. You have to know your league before you walk into a draft saying, I'm going to go hero QB. I'm going to go hero wide receiver. I'm going to go zero RB. That might not work for your league settings. It might not work for your league mates. Shane, as we kind of wrap up this, this discussion here on dynasty strategies for startups, is there one in particular or a couple that you just don't think work anymore? Don't hold up today. Or do you think they all have merit in their own way? And no, you shouldn't be drafting running backs early. Um, I, I don't, I don't care. Like every time I'm in a draft and someone drafts Jonathan Taylor at one Oh four, I'm like, all right, well sucks to be you. Um, and, and look, they, they might get a season and Jonathan Taylor just replaces his name with anyone else to be quite honest with you, right. any running back. Right. And then they go running back in the second round and I'm like, Oh, you don't like winning ever. Okay. And, <laughs> and, and you want like a shorter lifespan in this league as possible. Like you're just creating this hole that you're never going to get out of. Like you might be productive in year one and, and like, you'll love it. Year two, you're going to be a little worse. Year three, you're looking to sell these running backs. And guess what? Most of those people that are in the league are like me. And they go, that running back's 26 years old, dude. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot ball. I'll give you a second rounder. And you're like, but he was RB15 last year. And you'll be like, yeah, I'll give you a second rounder. Um, so I'm just, like, honestly, I just, running backs, is I stay away from them. I stay away I gotta, from them. I got to be honest. So th- th- that whole spiel was pretty funny for me because my very first startup was last year. My very first pick was the 105, and my very first pick was Jonathan Taylor. I look and I get it. Hey, you said 104. I did it at the 105, so I'm good. <laughs> I I completely get it too, right? Because you're like, dude, like let me look. I'm still I'm still learning. That's the thing is like and yeah. super like I said, super flex changes it for me. Like I I've you know I've I've done one QB my entire fantasy career until the last few years, so it's completely different. Um, like. Yeah, and, and, You'll hear even in Scott people. Fish in Scott Fishbowl, I took a I, I went I think I went quarterback quarterback receiver. So like I said, I, I'm sh- my my shift is happening, but you know historically, it's just funny that your strategy is never a running back. My strategy is always a running back. So you know what? That's what rookie drafts are for. That, yeah, that's where I'm going to get my and look. Good point. Your, your rookie draft should be BPA, right? Like unless it's a quarterback and you have six of them trade out. But I mean, that should be your strategy, yep. strategy. But when it's, uh, you know, the tiebreaker, eh, I'm probably going to go running back. Like a lot of my teams are, are filled with just rookie running backs. Like I have a ton of James Cook, Kenneth Walker. You know what I mean? Like I love rookie running backs, I, second Absolutely. year running backs. And then as soon as that second year is up, I'm like, all right, I got to get rid of this grenade before it explodes by my hands. Like yeah, I got to do this. So, yeah, but yeah, and you said it's your second, this is your second year playing Dynasty, right? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, and the beautiful thing about it is the game evolves and the people you play with evolve as you evolve. And that's why it's just such a great game. 
Well, and Shane, you know, I, I want to kind of build off what you said a little bit about, you know, trading those RBs, building them through your rookie drafts. It really makes sense when you look back at the analytics here. The last 10 years, we've had at least one rookie RB finished as an RB1 in fantasy each and every season, other than uh, 2019, which was, you know, the Miles Sanders, David Montgomery year. But outside of that year, I mean, you're going to get a stud almost each and every year. And I, I think that just continues even this year. Um, you, you know, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, James Cook, we, we have a slew of guys who could easily, you know, vault themselves into that RB1 discussion by, you know, by week 18. Except for James Cook. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Scott. Scott. I spent hours on an article about him. I have to stick to it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, guys, I, I think that was a great discussion on strategies here. Um, I want to go ahead and grade some trades here in our next segment, temperature check. If we have any fans out there right now, any listeners who, who want to ask, Shane does a lot of these uh, trade trade grades over on Dynasty Trades HQ. Um, so go ahead and drop them in the chat. Any trades you're thinking about making, any trades you've recently made. And uh, Shane and I uh, and, and Scott and Nate will give you our feedback here um, inside temperature check. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy <laughs> shit. All right, Shane, so temperature check how this works for us. Um, we have a scale just like a steak, rare, medium, and well. Rare is bad in this point. Um, medium is an okay, solid trade. And then well, that's going to be a, a good trade that you like. So uh, let's I just, I just got to cut you off real quick, Seth, yeah. though. Because as someone that eats well-done <laughs> we steak. We need to reverse that. As yeah, someone that eats well done steak, and I've been yelled at repeatedly every time I've ever done it and go to like a steakhouse, people are like, What are you doing? Like, that's not how you eat steak. You're supposed to get it like just bloody raw, so like you can just taste the cow's like feelings. Um, so that should be reversed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll we'll work on that moving forward. Uh, <laughs> this Nate, isn't maybe, the first time he's been told, but, yeah. Yeah, know. we've talked. Maybe we can go back to Nate does a pepper scale in one of his columns, so maybe yeah. we can do something like that. That there would you be. Go. A little more fitting. Um, okay, first one I want to bring up here, one that I actually made in a trade that I think a, a couple of us here on the podcast are in, in this. Uh, it's called the Hard Hogs League. A uh, bunch of Australian gentlemen in that one. Uh, I, I'm coming off, a, coming off a, a championship in that one, and that is one that I just really don't have any RBs. Um, DeAndre Swift, Devin Singletary, those are the only guys I have on the team who are worth a damn at that position. Um, I straight up traded Michael Thomas for Zeke, and I know Zeke's kind of in the downhill of, of, of his career here, but it was just one of those things. I just kind of needed a Band-Aid at you know the RB2 position for the next year. Michael Thomas was kind of scaring the shit out of me. I had a suitor for it. Uh, Shane, what's your grade on this one, man? I'm going to give you a well. Um which, which is, is funny because I just trashed. Good. That's right. I just yeah, I just <laughs> trashed running backs. But in this particular case, another thing I like is elderly running backs um, <laughs> that I can get for wide receivers that can't walk anymore. So <laughs> yeah, or, or don't play. Yeah, yeah. I'll take I'll take the guy that's going to be at worst a running back too. Um, for the guy that I I I don't know if he even exists anymore. Does he so, have an ankle like left? No, I don't think he does. No. He might not even, yeah, he might not even be like real anymore. It might be like, yeah. if has anyone seen that, him? 
It's like the Aberdeen thing, you know. I wonder it's how like, long <laughs> it is until I wonder how long it is until it becomes commonplace that when we say Mike Thomas, it's the Cincinnati receiver instead of, <laughs> instead of the Saints Finally. guy. Finally, <laughs> he's been waiting. Michael Thomas was actually Randy Moss coming back in disguise because it's such a generic name, Michael Thomas. Yeah. Oh man, he was never real. He was never real. He was real. Did his ankle ever exist? He was real that one that one year. He was certainly real. (laughs) Slant boy, baby. Slant boy. Slant boy. Uh, Nate, I think you would trade trade for Shane to to put in as well. Yeah, so this was a pretty good one I made. I was actually pretty proud of it. Okay, so I got Travis Kelsey, Joe Mixon, and a 2022 first. I sent Travis Kelsey, Joe Mixon, 2022 first, which turned into Chris Olave for Jonathan Taylor, Rondale Moore, and a 2022 second. You, which which side did you get? Jonathan, the Jonathan Taylor side. Oh, no. No, oh, really? No. Really? Shane, what do you I'm, got for us here, I'm, man? I'm going to give it medium. Like, yeah, getting – Getting John Taylor is, is very good, but like I'm getting Joe Mixon and Travis Kelsey on the other side. I'm getting a top two tight end, and Joe Mixon is probably going to be within spitting distance of uh, Jonathan Taylor scoring wise. Uh, if it was a 2023 first, although you gave up a 2022 first, so you didn't give up a bid first. You gave up Chris Olave, like whatever. Right. I mean, so I'm, it's not like I can trash. I'm not going to trash it. Like I get the you got the stud running back, right? You got the the best asset out of the I mean, field. To me, to me, that's the price you have to pay to get Jonathan Taylor. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, and you, and, it's, and that's that, not like, that's not that that's not like a significant like hamstringing overpay for Jonathan Taylor. You know? No, you traded all old guys except for Chris Olave, or you didn't even know who it was going to be. But it doesn't matter. It was the 107. It was a low draft pick and a bad draft class. So you traded a couple old guys, and you got a stud running back back if look and if like scott said if things go bad for you you can flip jonathan taylor in season and probably get back a better package than you just gave up so you know what i'm gonna go ahead and give this a well i like it the more i look at it i have a nate i have one one qualifying question what did the what did the 22 second turn into who did it Uh, oh that's a that is a very good question can i get back to you on that in a minute sure of course you don't have every single <laughs> roster memorized. Just say no. Rashad White. Just say I'm Rashad in like, White. dude. I'm if like, you say Rashad White, I'm giving you a well. It was no, not Rashad White. I hate Rashad White. Me uh, too, Seth. Me too. Scott, greater Scott, than greater than signed James Cook. What, Scott? What's one of the recent trades here that you want Shane to break down for you? Um, okay, let's see. Uh, where is it? Um, so this one was a little bit lateral, but it came. It, this one was offered to me. And it's a contending team. So I gave up CD Lamb and a 23 first, which will likely be late for Justin Jefferson. So this is what we talk about on Dynasty Trades in Five a lot is process trades where you tear down from a position <clears throat> and get a pick back, right? But usually you're doing it based off uh, false pretenses like the valuation like the difference between C.D. Lamb and T. Higgins, like the perception was, wow, this golf is wide. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, sure. Give me a 23 first with T. Higgins and you can have C.D. Lamb. Justin Jefferson is not that. He's way above uh, C.D. Lamb. I don't care if C.D. Lamb is the wide receiver three in Dynasty or not. Um, 
that's a pretty wide divide to be quite honest with you. Um, I like Justin Jefferson side. Uh, I like it even more if it's smaller starting lineups, like if it's nine, 10, cause then, you know, obviously it's more important to have the best players period as opposed to the depth. So I like it. I'm giving it well. Man, I'm going too easy today. Nate, yeah. I'm going to change yours back to good. <laughs> That's, it's fine, Shane. It's fine. <laughs> All right, uh, Shane, Here, here's one recently from one of my Dynasty Leagues. I was not involved with this, but I thought this was kind of an interesting one. Um, Saquon Barkley. I mean, a lot of talk right now. He's definitely moving up boards a little bit as the season approaches. People are kind of getting their sweat on for him again. Uh, Saquon, the 210, the 310 for the 102 the 305 and the 308. So a lot of picks just thrown at you there. So you're making me look like a goddamn liar because I keep picking the old running back side. <laughs> but, uh, we did Saquon, it, guys. We did it. It's Saquon. I mean, look, at 102, right, I'm guessing you're drafting Drake London, whoever made that trade. And if they're not, they're drafting Kenneth Walker. And if they yeah. drafted Kenneth yep. Walker to replace Saquon Barkley, they just did this all wrong. Like then you should have just traded Saquon for a 23 first and should have just held him if you couldn't mm-hmm. uh, have done that because Barkley's going to outscore Kenneth Walker over the next two years probably. And you should be able to get a 23 first for him. If you're going to swap him for a younger running back, like get it in a deep running back class, like next year's class, not where the 102 is Kenneth Walker, who I was joking about being a back of the first round draft pick like a year ago at this time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, last one for me here, and, and we'll throw it back if anyone in the audience tonight, if they want to ask any trade questions to Shane, if, if Scott or Nate have any more as well, we can take those. Um, last one for me here that I saw in a, it was actually in the middle of a, uh, of a rookie draft here. We had LaVisca Chenault traded for the 305 and 308. I don't need to talk about my opinion on this. Shane, what do you think, man? Uh, I take the 305 and the 308 all day. I take the 405 and the 408 all day. Uh, at least they still have some hope. LaVisca is burnt. <laughs> yep. Well, it's well done. There we go. There we go. Good. So, Shane, if you care, I got Matt Corral with that 207. I like it a little less, but it's still fine. It's not <laughs> great, but like this, this dude, this rookie class has been awful. And it's been really hard to navigate some of these drafts where it's like you get into the second round. And you're like, I just want to trade my picks. I bet you Matt Corral gives you some starts this year. Um, I'm sure yeah. he does. Too. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any, any, any week where you go, Oh yeah, I'm starting LaVisca Chenault. No problem this week. Cause if you right. do, you're tanking and then it really doesn't matter. It's a different conversation. Yeah. Scott, Nate, any uh, any other trades here that we do have for Shane uh, to critique for us? I have None one. That I want to share. <laughs> I, have one, I have one that I don't mind sharing. Um, I'm not sure if, if I made the right choice, but I sent, so I gave up Elijah Mitchell, Kenneth Gainwell, and the 22-105 for Antonio Gibson, Tim Patrick, and the 22-111. I don't hate that trade. I'm to 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 I guess qualify this a little bit. I'm I'm a I'm still I don't care about Brian Robinson. I'm still an Antonio Gibson believer, so that was part of it for me. Um, but anyway, 
So, so, and I am, I am, I loved Antonio Gibson. I had big hopes and dreams for him. Um, Brian Robinson scares me. JD McKissick, the fact that Washington drove to Buffalo and kidnapped him and forced him <laughs> to come back worries me a little bit. Not, not because of him as the player, more so is what it says about Gibson. Like him and Mitchell, to me, I, I could go either way. Um, so then really the difference with me is that 105 and that 111 because I, I, really don't care about Tim Patrick in any real sense. Oh, come on. Have a I mean, heart. look, Have a he, heart. <laughs> he's the wide receiver too on Denver for whatever that's worth. Ooh. Uh, Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick, then Cortland Sutton. So I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give this a, a undercooked one because I'm not a Gibson guy. And it's okay. funny. I was last year, but who went at one Oh five. Just curious. Oh man. I'd have, to if you don't look. know, it's fine. It's fine. I have to look. I think I was able to get. Who did I get at one eleven? I think I got Olave. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean that 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 worked out well getting Olave there. It's but I, I one hundred five. Then you you had the chance to get probably Burks, obviously. Yeah, I think I'd have to look. I think it. I think it was yeah. somewhere, and I think it was it, it was probably either Burks or um, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I All agree, guys. Brad. I will say, um, I believe <laughs> I'm not trying to defend myself necessarily, but I, I believe this trade was made. This trade was made pre NFL draft, so pre Brian Robinson selection. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, I think one thing that's a little bit surprising to a lot of people about Gibson is he was like fourth last year in carries of all the running backs. So it was seen as yeah. he like just didn't get the work, but he still did. So mm. I mean, that was with McKissick there. So I mean. I've I've given up my dream, hopes and dreams of him being like the RB one because he gets all this passing work, but I just I still think he's going to be a solid solid RB two. Yeah, and seeing that's part of the problem. And that's one of the things that happens in dynasty, right? You pin these hopes to a player, they don't hit them, and then all of a sudden it's like it's not you don't just see them for what they are, like you, you they fall even further than that because of what they yeah. could have been. You're like, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, you were supposed to be the running back one. And you're like, well, I'm still the running back six. And you're like, well, that that means you're like the running back 30 to me. I don't want to talk to you. Um, <laughs> so that's definitely <laughs> something that happens to me. Well, and the, the particular person I was trading with, he, he's he's with IBT, Joseph. He's a he's a savvy dynasty. Very savvy. And savvy trader. So I think he got exactly what he wanted in a couple of young running backs. But you know what? I don't care that much. <laughs> Well, guys, we'll see if we do care in the next segment. We're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into our next segment. Would you rather? Shane, we appreciate your uh, your dynasty trade advice, man. It's it's second to none. Thank you for that, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me at least pick one, one of your trades. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's <laughs> go ahead and jump it. in, guys. So one more time out there for anyone new listening, if you're enjoying the content, we greatly appreciate you tuning in tonight. Easiest way to support us here at In Between Media is to give us a subscribe on YouTube. Hit that like button as well. That is really the easiest way. Um, if you're listening to the audio version that comes out tomorrow, 
Um, if you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the podcast, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, that number keeps climbing up, guys, and we couldn't be more appreciative of it. Um, so this is Would You Rather. This is Would You Rather. We like to combine feel-good lifestyle advice with our fantasy sports advice. It's what we do here at IBT. It's what we do here on the podcast. So I want to start off with uh, with a simple one here. I'm at the beach this week. That is why I do not have my usual bookcase behind me. Um, you look very beachy. Yeah. Like, I noticed as we've gone through this episode, I'm like, damn, son, you're tan. Oh, I'm burnt, buddy. I'm not. Well, I'm not you, tan. you got the life preserver on the wall. Like you got. Yeah. The, you got the decor yeah. on lock. Like yes. oh, that's a clock. Oh, cool. Salt life, Seth. I'm feeling beachy. I'm also feeling burnt as hell. So a uh, little aloe baths coming up after this podcast, but we're gonna we're gonna stick through it. Um, Guys, first, would you rather question, would you rather on the beach be drinking a beer or be drinking something else? Nate, I want to start with you. You go to Mexico a lot. That's kind of your beach down That's there. So you're drinking different types of cerveza. Um, what's your press? So if you've got a Pacifico, I'll take it. If you've got a Corona, I'll take it. But if you walk up to me with an actual margarita, I'll take three. <laughs> And then I will fall asleep on the beach and look like you, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Shane, w- what is your preference here on the beach? I know Phil, you're from Philly, so I-, I know a lot of people, they go out to the Jersey Shore this time of year around the holiday weekends. <laughs> Are you part of that crowd still, Shane? No, because I've actually been to good beaches. Um, <laughs> so once you go to a good beach in like Florida – or even Delaware compared to, uh, or Maryland. And then you go to Jersey, you're like, Oh, this is, this is just terrible. And then you're like, (laughs) and there's also a lot of people from Philly here. So I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, (laughs) yeah, margarita, margarita would work for me. Cause that's what I was thinking. Like, I don't want a beer. I want something with a lot of alcohol, but tastes fruity because I'm on the beach. Like everything is perfect. I don't need beer. Beer's abrupt and abrasive. Like beer's not good. Like I drink beer because I'm a guy and I'm forced to. Um, but if I had my druthers, I'd probably just drink wine. Um, but I drink a lot of Jack and Coke too. But also, now nah, I, I want something fruity. I want something fruity with a lot of alcohol, like an Alabama Slammer. You know what I mean? Like, what I'll, is an Alabama hurricane. Slammer? It's every every place you go has their own version of it. So it's usually like Southern Comfort and some kind of fruits and some other stuff, and you get okay. hammered. So the only thing I only only thing I ever asked from the bartender is I'm like, can I get a cup that is a little more manly um, than that <laughs> it actually goes with this drink? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. And then, and then I drink my little foo foo drink and I'm happy with it because uh, it tastes good. Fair enough. Fair enough. I respect it, Scott. I know you do not drink, but no, but I'm the only one that's going to answer beer, and I mean ginger beer. Yeah, so this is what I'm drinking Here right you go. now. It's Bundaberg. It's actually from Australia. So what's up, Brad? And Bundaberg folks, I know you're probably watching. Uh, we'd love a sponsorship. Yes, sir. Uh, from, your, from your wonderful ginger beer company. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't drink alcohol anymore. But um, I actually, I actually agree. You know, um, something. You know, I mean, there's not as many options for a fruity, foofy drink with, with on the non-alcoholic side. But something like that, like I don't know, like a random answer would be like orchata. Like a nice cold horchata, um, or like a ta- I love that pole, or or like a Thai iced tea, that type of thing. Some something with some caffeine would be great for me because that's that's my now last remaining 
drug I ingest. <laughs> um, I will say real quick, Shane mentioned Southern Comfort. We all, I think maybe we don't, but we all have an alcohol that we had a bad experience with when we were in our younger days. And you, you can't even, you can't even stomach the smell of it anymore. Mine involves Southern Comfort and, play, and playing a doubleheader in a summer league game, still drunk. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Southern Comfort is, I can't, I, I, I can't even really think about it. It's that, <laughs> it's that bad. It was that bad. Soko's it's not, no it's, joke. It's, it wasn't Soko's yeah. fault. It was my fault, but still. Well, I mean, it was partially Soko's fault. Though. It's never well, the alcohol's fault because if, <laughs> if it's in moderation, it's fine. Yeah, it's always like that's a like, fair point. Yeah, I'm going to slam this alcoholic beverage that is like 15. Well, times but the, don't the, name it Comfort. Well, I mean, I'm expecting comfort, not <laughs> puking. That's a sales tactic. They can't name it Alabama. You're probably going to vomit it too much, right? Because then no one would buy it. Yeah. Uh, Scott, I do have to ask too. You sure. often have ginger beers on this show. Do you I have do. a stockpile of those at your house normally? Um, not really. So you know, like my wife still has cocktails, and I'll have a. She 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 prefers mm-hmm. the ciders these days as opposed to the beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, she's always like, maybe you're on a grocery trip. She'll call and just be like, you know, because I'll 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 check out some like fancy root beers and ginger beers just because yeah. you know that's kind of what I have an option for. I don't do it as much anymore because I I really don't like that much sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I'm it's pretty boring for me these days. It's like. LaCroix, like seltzer waters that are refreshing, but no <laughs> yeah, sugar. Yeah. We found a, we found a seltzer seltzer water that has a little bit of caffeine in it. So that's my new jam. Try the, um, have you seen the Perrier's with yeah. the added caffeine? Mm-hmm. Well, yep. just, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, like, I like the, I like, you know, the old school dad's root beers in a bottle. I like the, oh, like yeah. the, the Mexican style Coke with the actual cane sugar in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sioux City, sarsaparilla, stuff like that. So. Love it. Love it. Okay, guys, shifting back here towards uh, fantasy football, would you rather uh, take Jalen Waddle in a startup or Kyle Pitts? And, you know, I think a year ago it would have obviously been slam dunk Kyle Pitts. I know in a lot of dynasty rankings right now, our guys over at Fantasy Pros, they agree that it's it's by far and away Kyle Pitts. I'm not so sure, though. Last season, Jalen Waddle, 104 receptions, over 1,000 receiving yards, six, six tutties. And then Kyle Pitts, kind of a disappointing rookie year. I mean, God, over 1,000 re- receiving yards, which is unheard of for a rookie tight end. But only one touchdown, 64 receptions. And now Marcus Mariota comes to town. Shane, where are you at on these two players moving forward here? Oh, so so one of these guys has a legit chance to be um, the, the one at his position for the next yep. decade. And it ain't Waddle. Um, Waddle had a very nice rookie season. Good for him. Um, Tyreek Hill's there to um, shred some of that fantasy production over the next couple of years. I don't care who's throwing the Kyle Pitts. Situations change, but Kyle Pitts is an absolute monster. And the advantage he gives you at, at, over other tight ends in the league is just, it's going to be unfair. What he did last year to have what, one touchdown, like, yeah, it's 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 going to be scary when he actually gets some receiving touchdowns, too. Um, Kyle Pitts is just just generational. There's no way like yeah. all those people that yelled at you for drafting him too high in rookie drafts last year. Yeah, they were wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree um, because I, I, I did a kind of a deep dive article on touchdown regression, which I, I don't I don't like hang my hat on regression necessarily. But I was just curious because especially with Jalen, not Jalen Waddle, with Kyle Pitts, it just seemed like how ridiculous actually is it that he only had one receiving touchdown? 
So what I looked what I looked at was tight ends in the last 20 years who have had 100 targets and 1,000 yards, which he did. And he was, as far as touchdown percentage, touchdowns per targets, he was at the bottom of that list by leaps and bounds. Like it's it's a regression that's coming. It's it's positive regression that is going to come. I saw somebody post on Twitter the other day, like if you if you ignore the the touchdowns, if you can make yourself ignore the touchdowns. I mean, Kyle Pitts' rookie year was just the same as Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson's rookie year, as far as at their position what they did in their rookie year. I think just because he didn't score ten touchdowns and just run away with the tight end one immediately, I think his hype was so big that like there was no way he was going to not disappoint last year for a lot of people. Well, I think I, you I, were, I, you know, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, you're not. You're good. I was just going to say, I think if you were smart heading into these rookie drafts last year, I was taking Kyle Pitts very early because there was no reason not to. However, I was realistic knowing very well that 2021 probably wasn't the season that that high traffic paid off. It generally doesn't for tight ends. And yes, he was generational, but also, at the end of the 2020 season, all of us were saying, should Matt Ryan retire? Maybe he should retire. He was really bad. I think we knew what we were going to get from Kyle Pitts, and we actually got more than we thought. I think we're honest with what we thought we were going to get out of Kyle Pitts. Who, who here actually thought he was going to get 1,000 receiving yards? I mean... I uh, nobody no but absolutely I think no the one. touchdowns were going to be better he was a touchdown sure. monster in Florida so I really was expecting you know not double digit touchdowns but at I'll least, tell you, you know, what I'll tell seven. you what I I am much more confident the fact that he had a hundred targets and a thousand yards than I would have been if he had you know sixty targets thirty catches and eight touchdowns like yeah. the touchdowns is the least sticky for me um, mm-hmm. as far as as far as him being a value over the next decade like Shane was saying. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted him to see. I wanted to see him basically be used like a, a team's wide receiver one, which he was. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that'll continue with Mariota. I don't know why what? people are shitting on Mariota so much. <laughs> it drives yeah, me nuts. He's was Matt not Ryan a, good? No, I, like Matt Ryan wasn't good. All of a sudden, Matt Ryan. Well, no, that team was, seen was as bad. he was good. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It, bad offensive line there in Atlanta. You know, poor, poor weapons after Calvin Ridley. You know, disappeared for the year as well. So. I don't think it gets a lot better for Atlanta, I guess. That's why I, I, I do struggle a little bit. I think there is some upside with Desmond Ritter. Um, Shane, do you like Ritter at all, just out of curiosity? Meh. <laughs> I don't expect anything long-term from him. Okay. I mean, I'll say this. If he gets on the field, then that means he's better than Mariota, so I'm fine <laughs> with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And if Mariota's good and he somehow finds a way to stay on the field, whatever. It's just – I don't, I don't care who the quarterback is tied to them. Like, you know, elite players are elite. If he was a marginal, if he's a marginal Dalton Schultz type of tight end, um, then I'd be concerned that Marcus Mariota is his quarterback. You know what I mean? If that yeah. were the situation, Kyle Pitts, like I, I could be his quarterback. And I think the guy's probably. Gonna really <laughs> good. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So I got suspended for smoking on the field, but still. <laughs> nah. A couple darts never hurt anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward here, um, back to the lifestyle, guys. Um, seen a lot of nice houses. I'm down here in Sandbridge, Virginia. A um, lot of nice houses, man. A lot of rooftop decks. A um, lot of houses, which I imagine have like some of those home theaters in them as well. So I've always wanted both of those in my house if I ever became wealthy, a rooftop deck or a home theater. Um 
Nate, what would you rather pick a, a rooftop deck or a home theater um, in your home? So you, you love movies too. You guys do a lot of we movies. We do. We love movies, but we have a home theater kind of that we never use. However, a rooftop deck, I'm probably going to use for the entirety of the summer. I'm going to go rooftop deck. I just, it, it, realistically, we'll use it more. I think that's true for most people. Yeah. Shane? Yeah, not, not even close. And I love movies too, uh, but a rooftop deck, man. Look, you're you're outside without having to actually deal with other people, um, which is the worst part of the outside. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look, you can e- smoke e- your darts up there too. Shane. Exactly, like and literally, you can put a TV out there and watch movies yeah. on your rooftop deck. Exactly, like you're outside. You're outside, but not. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's perfect. You're like a movie theater in the house. That's Must great. Nice. Except, I just. You know, I can lay on the sofa and watch a movie on my yeah. like fifty inch TV. That's fine. That's yeah. good enough. Yeah, uh, right. Give me the give me the rooftop deck. Yeah, here's my deal. I, I'm probably more more on the rooftop deck side in this one than I was on the pit side in the other one. Um, <laughs> just because, like, and I'm in I'm in Seattle, so that might be surprising. Because according to people that don't live in Seattle, it's sunny for one day out of the year, which isn't true. The summers here the summers here are majestically beautiful, to be honest. Um, but for me, I mean, like, I like movies and I like stuff too, but the, there's there's so many times nowadays where I'm just popping in my Bluetooth and watching stuff on my phone. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just not sitting on the couch. Like, we have a TV in our bedroom and we watch, like, old reruns and stuff to fall asleep to and that kind of thing and documentaries mm-hmm. and whatnot. But we just, we don't really do the, like, okay, let's all sit around and turn on the surround sound and watch this crazy. We just don't really do that mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would much, much rather have a rooftop deck. Uh, I love deck life. I love, yeah. I love hanging out yes. in the summer on a deck, barbecuing, just chilling with your friends, get a little propane fire pit, whatever, whatever you got to do. Absolutely. I'm hundred percent in agreement with you guys. It's unanimous. Final question for the evening, Shane, I'm going to, I'm going to leave this one for you, man. Would you rather invest heavily in the 2022 draft class? You know, I, I think, I think from, from, a, 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 a normal point of view, most people can't, coming into this draft class, we knew it wasn't the best draft class, but, you know, digging deeper on some of these prospects, um, we, we've kind of grown to like some, at least I have. Um, or would you rather, so would you rather invest heavily in this draft class or save your picks for 2023? You got Bajon Robinson coming out next year, Zach Evans, Jamar Gibbs, just in the RB class. And then you have Jackson Smith, Najib, um, Julian Fleming, just a lot of great guys um, coming out at the wide receiver RB position. It might be a loaded 2023 class. Yeah, it's look, I I, I trashed the 2022 class up until the moment the draft started. And then, yeah, you know, like like the little homeless dog with no legs that you find <laughs> on the corner. You just you learn to love it. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is great. But, you know, then the next time I walk out there and there's a dog with four legs, I'm like. I'm taking that one instead. I'm just going to leave this no-legged dog out here. He can't chase me anyway. Um, the 2023 class is going to be so good. I mean, plus in, in Superflex, most of us playing Superflex leagues, the quarterback class, more importantly, is going to be really good. Yeah, and the running back class is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And you, you didn't even mention – well, there's a lot of players you didn't mention because you'd be here all night mentioning players yeah. like Keyshawn Boutte. Boutte? Boutte? Boutte. Um, <laughs> Boutte. Uh, it's just such a good class. that it, It's one of those – look, there's going to be guys that decide to not turn pro because it happens every year. Mm-hmm it's going to be fine. Like four of them could do it. And I'd still be like, yeah, I, I really like this class. Six dudes could do it. And I'd be like, I'd still take the 23 class. 
23 class, especially, it's not just that it's deeper in the first round. It's that the prospects are better at every level. Like B. John Robinson is like next level. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. how we were talking about Saquon and JT, like th- that's the type of level prospect we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I like Ken Walker and I liked Brees Hall a lot and I, I, I like Brees Hall more than I looked at him, it's not Bajan Robinson. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a, such a great class that like, there's a reason that people are hoarding these picks um, and, and just refuse to give them up. Yeah. Makes it makes sense to me. Uh, Nate, Scott, do you guys digress at all with, with Shane here? I I, to- I agree. I mean, I'm, I, I won't pretend to know as much about upcoming rookie classes, although that is something I'm trying to dig into um, is a lot of, is more rookie analysis and start to pay attention, more more attention to people like Shane mm-hmm. and like the Debbie Royale and things like that, just to the people that are doing, the people that are watching all the college football and studying all these players, you know, not just not just the players that are coming out next year, but, you know, incoming freshmen, watch them their whole career in college. So I'm going to start paying more attention to that because I think I think trying to analyze incoming rookies, I just I think it's fun. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's fun research to do. It's a whole nother layer added, you know, like you said, I spend all season uh, you know, looking at the statistics and analytics for all the all the NFL players, and then during that off season, it's nice to just kind of switch gears and look at some new names. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, tw- twenty three. I mean, it's been talked about all year that it's supposed to be a much better class than twenty two. Riding tides, baby, riding tides. Well, guys, I appreciate all your guys' insight tonight. Um, I hope our audience got got some uh, good I- intel from Shane, from Nate, and Scott as well. As we approach uh, what's going to be another fun fantasy football season, we don't get to talk a lot of dynasty. So it was an absolute pleasure having you on tonight, Shane. Um, how can we and all the IBT family members out there best support you and your work, Shane? Um. Uh, oh yeah, uh, go uh, go uh, subscribe <laughs> to uh, Dynasty Trades HQ and um, subscribe on YouTube to the Dynasty Trades in Five um, channel's really grown a lot. It's pretty funny because I was really reluctant to start it, but uh, Clay, who's the brains behind it, forced me to and lied to me and told me that it would only be five minutes a night. <laughs> and next thing I know, it turned into 40 minute videos, but whatever. I love it. Um, and then, you know, read all my work at DLF and uh, not enough at fantasy data. I'll admit, I don't, I gotta share a little more, but when redraft season kicks in because that's where I do my redraft stuff, I'll, I'll start kicking in more, more there. So if you want to support right. me, just check me that's out. That's right. We work together. Forgot. We do. <laughs> I, I dropped dynasty rookie ranks on fantasy yeah. uh, data and uh, they actually got added to the consensus rankings on Rasball site. Um, so that was pretty- Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, check out Shane over there, guys. He's a great Twitter follower as well. If you haven't uh, followed him yet, he's at Shane is the worst. Shane, we cannot thank you enough for coming on. Um, not just this time, but you've been, you know, one of our marquee guests of our holiday streams. I'm sure we'll have you back here in the oh, future. Oh, we will. Uh, Scott, Nate, anything uh, for the good of the order, man? Uh, Shane is not the worst. He's actually the best. Yeah. So definitely go follow him. That's all. Absolutely. Well, guys, one more time, the easiest way to support us here at In Between Media, if you do like our content, is to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. You can check out the site as well. 
We're always here combining feel-good lifestyle advice with our fantasy sports advice. We will be back here in two weeks um, with a very special episode. We got Michael Stoyanov from Blossoms um, on. So make sure you check back in with us in two weeks. Until then, guys, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 